You're listening to the Filmmaker Happy Hour on XRFM, KXRY Portland, an interview show that talks with filmmakers and film festival directors about the state of cinema in Oregon. On this episode of the Filmmaker Happy Hour, we're talking with Mike Kichuela about the work he's done on what are likely some of your favorite animated films. This is Phil Bussey. It's the Filmmaker Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. I'm talking to Mike Kachuela, who is the child of the universe, but has, has been involved in uh, numerous uh, um, seminal animated films. How are you doing, Mike? Good. Thank you, Phil. Thanks for the introduction. What are some of the projects you've worked with? Yeah, so um, probably top top three are... Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, The Incredibles, and Ratatouille. Um, and uh, there's others at the same studios, but uh, you know, those are the ones that I'm, I'm proud to be, in, that I was involved with. Um, and uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and what, uh, first off, what's your role been with those movies? Hmm. Yeah, so sto- mostly story work. We, I, as a child of the universe, I don't really fit in any certain category, uh, but but I can tell you that that so I did storyboards, some some animatics, some character design, some animation, um, and you know um, conceptual design. I don't know. I you know. That was probably a curse and a blessing to not not really have any one role that I filled into on on these projects. Can we call you a ghost in the machine? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I want to take the I, you've you've done more than those three, but let's 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 keep it to those three right now. Uh-huh. Uh, the Incredibles, Ratatouille, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, three very different movies uh aesthetically and and i'm trying to think on my feet here and storyline i would say they're also very different um uh well first off i mean do you do you agree and and then where do you see some of the commonalities in those three productions yeah great question phil so so stepping way way back um, I think there is definitely a human network of artists that all connect with each other. Uh, and I think there is a time in the Bay Area where there was almost like a renaissance of different styles and a gathering of artists, you know, technical um, people, filmmakers, and um, that basically you know came up with this this new form of of filmmaking or or evolved it in animation anyway you know in in both stop motion and computer generated uh films which are kind of related in you know in a longer discussion as far as the technical aspects of them but it just happened to be a a, a perfect storm I think in in the Bay Area of uh, technique anyway, 
and then then going back to your question are are they related you know let's so so story wise let's see i think um nightmare before christmas ratatouille and incredibles all had a main character that weren't happy in their role and tried to do something almost impossible you know and and then there was the aftermath so that that's a very interesting question. I never I never thought about that before, Phil. Yeah, and and these yeah. are all films that I've I have a five year old, and uh, these are all films that I am grateful that have been produced because I can watch movies with my son and and enjoy them. Uh, we're recording this a couple of weeks right now before Halloween, and we just mm -hmm. did a backyard screening of of Nightmare Before Christmas, and it's just it's a beautiful film. I or it's it's I, I, that's uh it is an incredibly aesthetic film um sure. and and it is just and as you just explained the main character jack uh really is uh he's unhappy after uh hosting halloween for years uh he's looking mm -hmm. for some a new challenge um how do you remember the process of how that character came about or how that psyche came about were you part of that character development, I guess? Uh, a little bit, yeah. But, I, you know, that was one of my first projects. So, so um, I wasn't too involved at the top level. Uh, but, you know, I think I think Jack is probably a metaphor for a lot of the people that were working on the film. Tim Burton, um, and this is in hindsight, Henry, who was the, the director, and myself, you know, as well, um, that you're, you're called to do something, but you're, you're not quite sure why. And, um, you know, you, you, <laughs> you try and you, you try and think of outside the box, outside of your own box, maybe even a technique that you're, you're incorporating and you, um, make a discovery so so i guess you know you know with nightmare it, it you know the lesson is that is that uh i had it all all along if, and i just needed to realize that um you know but you know is that is that a good answer yeah absolutely no no it's 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 fascinating and uh, and you know, we 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 met up uh, recently and talked about this. It's been thirty years since Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, mm -hmm. and and it's fascinating to think about what has changed uh, in the world of animation and and what hasn't. You know, and I think certainly um, strength of characters uh, is something that is is always uh, can carry a story. Um, but but what about what changes have you seen during your career uh, in terms of uh, what what characters are presented and how they're presented in terms of the aesthetics and in terms of the uh, the, the the technology that that it, it presents? Yeah, so um, I think I think, you know, Avatar is a really good film to to look at as far as something that is that has come up as a con true conjunction of different filmmaking styles um and storytelling 
And um, I, I, you know, I've heard that, uh, and you know, just this is just a rumor, <laughs> but um, James Cameron was was influenced by one of the first films that I worked on, Fern Gully. You know, a lot, there, in fact, there's a lot of edits showing. Okay, there, you know, here's Fern Gully, here's Avatar, and they're almost exactly the same story structure wise, almost visually. And, you know, I, I think it's it, it's there's just a lot of interweaving of of influences. And, and they all kind of conjoin at some point and uh, make a new thing. And we 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 are kind of like on, in one of these interweavings right now where there's like I was just watching uh, um, a film that I worked on called um, Wendell and Wild. And, you know, it has just so many influences of stop motion, a lot of the best stop motion techniques and, and CG integrated you know to um i don't know i feel like there that now there's a conjunction of that you know that that and then probably it'll it'll go out and there's just so much content right now that at some point it'll refocus into something new yeah let me ask you maybe a a, a challenging question along uh -huh. the, those lines is that at some point does the technology uh start to overshadow those those fundamentals of character and storytelling Right. I mean, at some point, um, the the technology is so compelling uh, that we get more sizzle than substance or or how does I guess how does how does one in your position protect against that? Yeah, you can't really. That's that's such a broad. It's like that rhythm. Uh, you know, it's it, it is that intersection and then and then going out again to so much influence from so many different things. A lot of those things are super cool and they're, you know, a lot of kind of tricks that you could use, bells and whistles. But in the end, people get bored when it when it when it, unless it comes back to to a story that you're telling and whether those that technology support that. Um and yeah, I think I think that's just a constant, a constant uh, flux. Let's change gears a little bit. And now, now you moved up to Portland uh, mm -hmm. and and um, to help start uh, Leica. Mm -hmm. uh, can tell us tell us the story about that, about why that started, and and why here, and uh, then what's what's Leica's place in the universe? Yeah. Um, so going going backwards. Like his place in the universe is being its place in the universe, <laughs> and whatever happens around that. Um, when I came, so going back to the very beginning, why I moved up here, I heard that that there was a new studio that was kind of an evolution from from Will Vinton, um, or even before that. So I so. There was a wow. This is this is a whole nother interview too. But you know, Leica had recently, or Vinton had recently been kind of um, taken over by somebody. I mean, it was it, it was a worldwide thing. You know, of, of all of the animation community, like something's happening in in Portland. There's this old studio Vinton that we we're familiar with, claymation and stuff. 
and and Travis Knight had come in and kind of taken over. Oh my God, I have to tread so delicate with this one. <laughs> um, and so it was there was a budge, there was a buzz about it, like like you know what's happening with the studio, and I so I asked a director that I was working with, Mike Johnson, who uh, had worked at Vinton and knew all the players and they say hey what's going on up there you know is is this because everyone was kind of seeing the negative side of it that money was coming in took over an artistically driven studio and was going to ruin it but for, i heard from my director friend that yeah tr so travis is actually an animator and he's uh an amazing animator and so that completely shifted my view about the studio and influenced my decision to kind of move up and um whatever help 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 whatever would come out of of this flux or this new you know this transition or this new incarnation of what came out of Vinton. And it, it, am I biased because of hometown pride or I mean Leica seems like it has been a, a powerhouse and a game changer in the world of animated films is that is that an is that an overstatement is that a, a statement do you agree with uh, <laughs> hmm well yeah i mean it's Let definitely me a, it's definitely a powerhouse for sure and what was the second part of that? Well, let, let, let me change the question. question. What? Yeah. How do you? How do you categorize Leica's contributions to to to, to cinema to uh, the animate to animation as an art hmm. form? Yeah. Well, I, I think I you know it is location based in a way, just like San Francisco had had a number of of artisans and technicians that that help influence these films. Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, you know, the Pixar films and, and um, uh, films that were made in that area. Something was happening in Portland where they had they had the stop motion, you know, community and artistic excellence. But there was also this innovate, innovative process that you might find at, at Nike, you know, and and as a force in the area um you know whether you call that some kind of artistic slash industrial engineering that kind of all came together at Leica you know you know the you know these these people gathered and um so there were the you know both both the artists artisans the crafts people and the resources and that just happens every once in a while. It happens in in a in a place that can can make studios like Leica or like Skeleton or you know, even Walt Disney back in in Los Angeles, you know, happen. Leica uh -huh. Twala is a child of the universe and has been involved in many different animated films, including Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, this is the. Filmmakers Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. I'm Phil Bussey. And Mike, we're going to take a quick uh, music break. You have a song to cue up for us. What is that? <laughs> it, it's called uh, I'll Melt With You.
Uh, yeah, our our one hit wonder, the English English beat. Who deserved more than one hit? That actually, that 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 whole album before I think it was called Before the Snow, if I'm remembering right, was was actually quite a good album. But let's take a listen to their breakout song. Yeah, 
This is Phil Bussey. It's the Filmmakers Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. Mike Atwala is uh, a Portland resident now, um, but grew up in California and uh, worked in in er some of the early, uh, the, I don't know if this is called a period of time in animation, but worked on Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, as well as a number of other films before moving up to Portland to work with Laika. I want to, let's roll it all the way back. How do you get interested in animation? You know, it's it's not the same widespread or advanced art form as, as a generation or two ago, right? Right, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's exploded, exploded because people can share technique and online and, and like many things, but but I think probably I had two aunties that were very influ influential. One who took me to see a Disney film called Fantasia. And I saw the dinosaur sequence and I was completely captivated. How, how was that made? You know, um, you know, how do you do something like that? It's this envision this forgotten era. And then um, my, you know, another auntie who was a teacher who, who kind of ensured that I got what I needed on, on my artistic side and um, introduced me to an animator actually that, that worked at Disney at the time. So I'm going to say that was, those were two of the seeds definitely. Yeah. And then, you know, what does one do with that interest? I mean, at, at what point do you go that this is something that you like to watch to being on the other side of that, that this is something that you want to produce and this is how you want to contribute. Do you remember when you, uh, when you, when you flipped over for lack of better way of saying it? Yeah. Uh, uh, so you're, so you're asking Phil, you know, from, from just having this as an interest to seeing this is a serious intent. Yeah. That's a, both a serious intent. And then I guess uh second is, how did you realize that this could actually be a career? I mean, I, you were about the same vintage. And for me, I would think like, well, Walt Disney can do it. Uh, uh, but how many other people can actually make a living from this? Sure. So I think it was just, you know, the, the, the animator that I met earlier through one of my aunts critiqued my, my drawing and said at the end, you know, he critiqued about uh, 10 drawings. And at the end he said, keep this up and you can have a career. And that was it. I mean, that, that was like, okay, wow. Okay. That's great. I could have a career drawing and, and envisioning these kind of weird scenarios. And, uh, and this person had kind of come from a, a, the professional side of it. So it's like, okay, well, that, I guess that's something you could pursue, you know? And uh, you You'd mentioned once, uh, you'd mentioned before to me that you'd started with some of these little flip books, uh, which was which was early animation. Can you talk me through what a flip book is and, and explain uh, one of the ones that you did? And um, yeah, just talk me through one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So a flip book is on, you know, you could do something on uh, as like if you have a post-it note, you could do a flip book. So you you're drawing a different drawing on each um, post-it note down the stack and then you flip it and it animates. So that's, that's the super, you know, uh, layman's term explanation of it. But uh, that's something that you, you could do relatively quickly, even back 
when you didn't have any kind of animation tools, you know, digital tools or, or anything, you you could have a stack of paper and make animation like right there, right in front of you. And I think I, you know, I made two of those and they, they uh, opened up for me that these things could be entertaining for people when they flipped through them and they laughed. And the other one was what was it? It was a headbanger or something. That's right. So I was working at a at record store, warehouse records and tapes, and I drew this uh, head headbanger, you know, with a guitar, rocking hard, you know, flinging his hair over his uh, his head and headbanging, and then his head falls off and it goes flying off off the screen, and his body kind of falls down and he's dead, right? Because he he headbanged too much. And so um, I showed that to my friends and they couldn't stop laughing. And I'm just like, oh, wow, that's, <laughs> you know, that was the intent, I guess, but didn't quite expect that, that reward, showed it to more people and it was consistent. And that kind of opened up my, uh, you know, um, I don't know, perspective that, okay, this is something that has a lot of power and can be utilized uh, animation, storytelling, even as simple as a headbanger having his head fall off while he was headbanging. Do you get that same thrill or do you seek that out in terms of, I don't know, showing Ratatouille and 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 uh, watching people's reaction to it or sitting in, sitting in, have you, have you sat in a movie theater uh, with a bunch of strangers or friends as one of your movies has played and, and experienced that again? Uh, yeah, of course, but more so it's just people that I meet, you know, um, through my professional, uh, endeavors or through teaching more recently that, okay, you've worked on some of my favorite films and, and just, you know, that's some of the best, that's the best compliment right there, you know, that, and that happens consistently. Um, and then the conversation goes on from there, but those films are they're so embedded a lot of those films are so embedded in in people's heads that you don't really have to be in the theater you know to to have that experience you know they just hear that you've worked on those and there's the reaction you know, and that's a, not just for me that's that's a huge team effort to make those films but um it is the best compliment yeah you know? no those are those are very beloved films um what 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 is as we come to the end of our half hour here um advice that you would give to somebody trying to get into the business now i mean it's landscape has changed dramatically over the last uh 10 20 30 years um what's what's different and what's the same in terms of wanting to get into the business of animated films i think just showing that you can do it is going to be the key uh, no matter what kind of tools you have, it's if you can create a narrative story, it doesn't have to be epic. It can just be a, you know, a couple minute film that proves that you can do it. And that's, that's just the best calling card. You know, I think that's, um, I imagine that hasn't changed. Mike Catuella is a child of the universe and also has uh, contributed and worked on a number of seminal animated films. Thank you so much for talking to us. This has been the Filmmakers Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. 
Yeah, thank you, Phil. The Filmmaker Happy Hour is a production of the Media Institute for Social Change and X-Ray FM KXRY Portland, supported by a grant from the Roundhouse Foundation. Our host is Phil Bussey. Our executive producer and editor is me, Carly Meisberger. Thanks for tuning in.